So I didn't know my dad growing up. When I was maybe seven or eight, I think I started asking my mom who my dad was. And she told me that she didn't know. And I just took it for granted. I didn't grow up with a dad, so I always sort of assumed that I was a fatherless child. Jump ahead. I'm 22 years old, and I call her up one day to tell her that I am going to be running the kitchen at this retreat center where I live. She's a chef. So I called her up to tell her that, hey, cooking runs in the family. <laughs> at which point she says to me, you know, that's not all that runs in the family. You're a lot like your father. I was taken aback, jaw dropped. I asked her what she meant, and she said, well, now that I see who you are, I know who your dad is. Wow, a little nugget of who I am. I took the information, and I just kind of sat with it for a few months. And then this one day, it was time. I got to find my dad. I was compelled. So I called my mom, and she gave me his name. And she said, the only other thing I know about your dad is that he was studying with a teacher named Trungpa Rinpoche when I last saw him. Trungpa Rinpoche is a Tibetan teacher and had founded a college. I called and a woman picked up the phone and she asked me what I was calling for. And I tried to sum it up as best as I could. I'm calling, I'm looking for my dad. He was a student of Trungpa Rinpoche's. She said to me, what's your dad's name? And I told her and she said, oh, I know him, which just floored me. She gives me my dad's phone number. I was really scared, and I just put myself aside. Like on automatic pilot, I would think I was disembodied, but I had enough control to dial and put the receiver to my ear. It rang a couple of times, and he picked up the phone. The phone rings, and I pick up the phone. And, and I heard his voice, and I heard myself in his voice. It was so wild. This is very sweet, vulnerable voice saying, hello, is Ken there? I'm sure that my voice was shaking when I talked to him. I said, who is this? And I said, this is Tracy. I said, well, Tracy, how could I help you? There was this long gap. And then she said, you're my father. You're my father. Yeah, I'm your daughter. I'm your daughter. And he said, oh, Tracy, Tracy. <laughs> and it was such a rush from the tip of my toes to the top of my head. Everything came kind of into sharp focus. And I had no idea what his response was going to be. It was so gentle and receptive. It was tender, it was sad, and it was very happy. And he was very happy. He was. I was really pleased. It was the best response he could have given me. We talked for quite a while, downloaded who we are and where we've been. And and somehow time just collapsed. And that whole 22-year period was a fleeting moment, and we were reunited. So we wrote to each other, sent each other photographs of ourselves. and It was almost spooky when she wrote me a letter, and her handwriting looked very much like mine. And I was shocked to see how similar our style of language it was quite amazing. And our interests were very much alike. It was like, 
Whoa. I thought that I was a perfect argument for nature versus nurture. <laughs> nature wins. Nature trumps. There's no doubt in my mind. And I get to fill in some of the details of how my mother and father met, as well as how it came to pass that I didn't know him growing up. My dad was pretty actively seeking himself as a young man. I was at the time living in Los Angeles. Running a yoga center in Los Angeles. Meanwhile, my mom shows up at the yoga center. Uh, there was a woman, a young woman. And finds out that my dad was going to be driving across the country. From L.A. to New York. And they arrange that she's going to get a lift to go visit her family. She asked if she could join myself driving across. And the story goes... We're on our way to nowhere. That somewhere along the lines, maybe in Utah or somewhere in the middle of the country, outdoors under the stars, a beautiful night, they sleep together. They have one night together. We make love. And we got to the East Coast afterwards. She went on her way, I went my way. They both go their separate ways before either of them know that she's pregnant. She discovers she's pregnant decides she's going to go to a little island in the Balearic Ocean, and she gives birth there. And she gets back to the U.S., and she looks up my dad. They said, hi, I haven't heard from you for a year. She says, well, guess what? I gave birth to your daughter. I said, what? I have a daughter? I didn't even know you were pregnant. Why didn't you call me? She said, oh, I was going to Spain, and I thought it would be too much of a hassle all around. Needless to say, it was a little bit shocking for him, and they realized that their lives are moving in two very different directions. She said, you know, I have a boyfriend now, I have a life, you have a life, and you don't have to be the father, you don't have to be the godfather. Maybe it's best if we made believe this never happened. And it would just be more simple for everyone if they don't stay in contact. It seemed to be convenient. What we never considered was Tracy's mind, what Tracy might think as an individual as she got older. A couple months after we spoke on the phone for the first time, we meet at the airport and there was no question that we were looking at family. We embraced. We were just overwhelmed getting to meet each other for the first time. I've never felt then or since then that she was angry with me that I didn't raise her. To have gone through what I went through with Tracy and not to be rejected, but for that person to reach out to me, she did find me, opened my heart so much. Decided that it was the perfect opportunity. I moved in with my dad. And we, we wound up living together. Yeah, it was a really unique experience. and There was a whole development of family. I had my dad, her grandfather, move in. We got to know each other, we got to spend time together. and There was nurturing that happened when she was in her 20s and on, and we took off from that and developed a very close-knit relationship. I love him dearly. It's fun. We have a lot of fun together. Now she is on the verge of having a baby. I'm 39 and I'm having my first baby, and... Lo and behold, I'm a grandfather then to her child. He'll fly out after the baby's born. And the continuity and the blessings keep going if you open your heart.
horses You don't have to walk a plank The game is rigged Go figure Slot your tanks And your flagship sank So we're taking All our mist to the bank So just don't Don't forget who to thank Cause we're taking our Our mist to the We're drinking our You got lucky, baby. Really, really lucky. Take some of that love and spread it on that grandchild, lucky man. Many thanks to Tracy for that story. It was produced by our own Rita Daniels. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.